Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet. And when you hear the opening to our podcast, that song, it can only mean one thing. It can only mean that Janet or I and or both of us are getting ready to discuss everything healthcare. And if you like that song, it is made from my good friend, recorded, produced, all that stuff. He played like four different guitars in there um, for my good friend, Lee Pence. Um, And we actually named the song um, Johnny's Got a Girlfriend. And I love that song. He made it special for our podcast. If you are interested, go to LeePence.net and check him out because he can make recordings for you. Also, he's getting uh, ready to start touring a little bit more with with some bands. So um, check him out, LeePence.net. Now on to our show today. You do not want to miss out Um, Dr. Heather Gessling, we are going to talk about um, how she treats vaccine-injured patients. Um, She's got an interesting story behind her. She was actually fired from her job as a family physician um, because she refused to get the COVID shot. And um, honestly, it was probably a blessing in disguise because she was able to open up a direct primary care practice. And for those of you that follow us, you know a lot about direct primary care and how they treat individuals directly. Um, No third party in between them. There's payment between the physician and the uh, patient. And there's no third party telling the physician how to manage the patient. So it's up to the patient and the doctor to make decisions about their health care. What a concept. And it's a very affordable concept. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, too. So without further ado, uh, Dr. Gessling, welcome to our show. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. So I discussed your background just a little bit. But why don't you go ahead and go into a little bit of detail of, of how you ended up here? Oh, sure. Well, um, it's definitely been a journey, just like I'm sure so many others. It's been a really exciting, fun journey, being able to rely on the Lord all along the way. He has not let me down. I was a a very, very busy family medicine doctor, mid-Missouri, you know, doing the typical big hospital corporate medicine thing, seeing 30, 40 patients a day, very stressed, overwhelmed. Um, But then when the mandates were put out to us, you know, I politely declined to follow that protocol and was terminated. And I never felt scared at all. I mean, I, I felt like, well, I have no other choice. I have to do the right thing. And so the Lord is going to provide. So I was terminated. And then within a week, I had a, a, a location for a clinic and a um, and an electronic health record. And I started a direct primary care clinic. And it was fantastic. I didn't look back. It, it exploded. We are doing great. We even have... Um, we even have a second location that we've opened. And so, and then I, because of the fact that I have that flexibility and I'm not tied to a system, I was able to do a lot of things with regard to the, the truth that needed to be told with regard to COVID and treatment and outpatient therapy, cocktail therapy, and the truth about the vaccines. I was uh, instrumental in Global COVID Summit and doing a lot of the summits and educational seminars that we did 
2021 and 2022. And then I was able to join the wellness company from the very beginning. I was asked to, you know, help build and form that company. And we uh, launched in September of last year. And it has been nothing but um, exciting progress. We are here for the patients. We want to be able to help them be taken care of properly, not in a system that is politicized or biased. We want to provide proper patient care. The physician is in um, is is not controlled by corporate or governmental um, agencies, and they are independent and able to do what is right for the patient, and the patient can trust that. And we also have what I consider to be a phenomenal line of nutraceuticals that was developed in conjunction with, well, as a team with uh, our pharmacists that are a part of our company, our PharmDs, our physicians, our naturopathic um, doctors and, and chemists, we developed really great formulations, specifically um, uh, the, the one that I feel like has been so helpful is the spike support. It has been helpful for those with long haul COVID and those with vaccine injury, those that are worried about shedding. Um, this, this supplement uh, is scientifically backed has very potent ingredients and it's working really well. So because of the fact that I, you know, was terminated here, the Lord has taken me on this journey to be able to really provide change and help the people. Well, and you were saying within a week, you had your own clinic opened up. Oh yeah. I mean, did you have any planning before that or did it just kind of happen? Well, I, I kind of knew mid August that this was going to be happening. So I started looking for some locations. And by the time I was terminated at the very end of August, I found my location. And the next week I opened up the clinic. Wow. Do you have any questions for for her about that, Janet? So so I I have to ask, did you try to do any exemptions with your employer or did did you just feel like that was not even going to fly? So I wanted out. And so I thought, this is my opportunity. I'm just going to tell them I'm not complying with their corporate mandate. And I just I just left. I They had me sign a piece of paper that um, says that they were releasing me to other um, uh, areas. I can't remember to explore other avenues. I can't remember what the wording was, but they didn't want to. I don't think they wanted to admit that they were terminating me for that. And I I. I look back and I think there were so many things I could have done different. But when you're in um, sort of that faith mode where you can see this opportunity and you want to take it, you know, I just didn't feel like fighting it. I thought, well, my contract actually said I was supposed to have a three months, you know, notification. So I should have been paid for those. But I look back and I thought, oh, oh well, it is what it is. Right. <clears throat> move, move on. Move on. Yeah. What about some physicians have issues with non-compete clauses? Can you discuss that at all? Yeah. So I had a non-compete and because I had a non-compete, I had to figure out and that was that was tricky because um, I, I actually I didn't mention this. There was another clinic that I was working for. And in June of 2021, I had decided that that was not a good spot for me for many reasons there. They weren't forcing the vaccine. And I didn't think that my 
other clinic that I had been at for 11 years where I was terminated, I didn't think they were going to enforce the vaccine. And so I'd actually put in my resignation in June of 2021, my 90-day notice on June 2nd, I think. Um, and turns out that I had finished, I was done with both clinics the exact same day. Um, interestingly enough, which shows you, you know, the, the divine intervention, um, but I had non-competes for both of those clinics. And I was like, where do I go? What do I do? And the Lord just directed me to a town north of where I was, Macon, Missouri. And it has been perfect. It's been a, a blessing where I've been. And I, um, my non-competes will officially be up this summer, but I have been able to open a second location in Boonville and everything is fantastic. No, I love it. I love to hear, hear that. So tell us a little bit about um, the wellness company and the spike protein um, treatment. Yeah. The spike. So the wellness company uh, has multiple signature formulations, one of them being spike support and the spike support has natokinase in it, which let me tell you about all the amazing things about natokinase. So we already knew when we were working on this formulation that natokinase, um, yeah, just X out of that um, uh, email request, but um, the natokinase, we knew that it would break down fibrin, it could break down fibrin clots and prevent fibrin clots, which is amazing because we don't have any oral anticoagulant that actually breaks down fibrin clots. And we knew that those with the vaccines um, had, those that had had the vaccine have been having issues with clots. Those with long haul COVID or COVID um, have had some issues with clots. And so that was gonna be a key ingredient. Um, and then in December of last year, in vitro preclinical study has demonstrated that that natokinase, because it's a proteolytic enzyme, actually breaks down spike protein as well. So two different things with regard to the vaccine injury um, are helped with um, helped by natokinase. There's also studies that have been around for a few years that show that natokinase can break down amyloid. And we do believe that some of those white protein clots are um, formed with amyloid um, chains kind of attaching to fibrin chains. That's a hypothesis. And so we know that there is potentially another mechanism of action of natokinase now. Dandelion root is also a key component of that uh, formulation. It helps block spike protein from attaching to the ACE receptor. ACE receptor is found in the respiratory epithelium. It's found in several locations around your body. It's also found in the testes. And we know, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, reports about those that have been vaccinated, that their sperm counts are just being destroyed and replaced with spike. So dandelion can block the spike from attaching in the testes as well. And so uh, the, the combination of those two things will help prevent spike from attaching to the ACE receptors. It'll help break down spike. We don't know how long spike stays in the system in your, in your body. There are multiple studies at the end of the study show that the spike protein production continues at two months, four months and beyond. 
And now we know we have confirmation that there are DNA plasmid contaminants in most of the vaccines. Some of them up to 30% are DNA plasmid contaminants. And what that means is the DNA can, uh, because it's DNA, it can integrate directly into the genome, even the genome of um, our gut bacteria. So the bacteria in your gut can be um, turned into spike factories and it can be indefinite. It's really, really unfortunate. Yeah. So it's, it's really scary too. And so we don't really know how long that this spike prote protein production could continue. It looks like for now it's, it's going to be indefinite and, and potentially permanent. So uh, we also have selenium and green tea extract and Irish sea moss and black cumin seed, which are all helpful for cellular repair. Um, but one of the main things that we also know that happens with vaccine injury, particularly COVID vaccine injury, um, or those with long haul COVID or um, even COVID is that your mitochondria are really destroyed. They're, we have multiple mitochondria, which are the energy producing organelles in our cell. We have multiple ones in our cells, but a good portion of them we, we know have become dysfunctional or destroyed through that illness, through that vaccine. And so we also developed mitochondria or mitosupport, and it is um, helpful for those mitochondria that you still have functioning to be efficient and function to their fullest to kind of make up the difference. Of course, your cells are going to produce new mitochondria, and I hope that those that have that energy depletion are going to, you know, recover. But in the meantime, mitosupport is also a big recommendation. And then another one that I recommend for vaccine injury as well as every other patient is bee pollen. It's one of my favorite supplements. I don't know if you guys know about bee pollen, but it has essentially every nutrient that you need, vitamins, minerals, two to 300 vitamins, minerals, amino acids, proteins, um, nutrients. Uh, and so it will fill in all nutritional cracks. So it's a big um, component of what I do for vaccine injury, but I also recommend lifestyle changes there is a big benefit to ketogenic diet. It, um, it is so healing for um, the issues that are associated with brain fog and lack of energy. And in addition to ketogenic diet, um, intermittent fasting plays a big role in healing. I'm sure you guys know about that too, but it induces autophagy. And autophagy is where your body is able to go in and sort of clean up the bad cells, heal, heal um, your body and get rid of old and damaged cells. Mm. Autophagy is crucial for healing. And uh, other things that are uh, incredibly important are making sure that your vitamin D level is strong. There is some utility to liposomal vitamin C or vitamin C. It, it's basically one of the best antitoxins out there. So those are, that's the foundation of my, um, of my protocol. So we had Dr. Robert <laughs> on our podcast. It's probably been, I think it was the first, it might've been a year ago now. Time goes fast. Anyway, he talked about intermittent fasting and um, autophagy. And I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting. I think it's just, you know, traditionally how our bodies were, were made, were designed to eat. You know, we weren't designed to eat all day long. We, you know, if we you weren't. look at, you know, back, you know, 
centuries ago, <clears throat> we might go for days without eating or eating very much anyway. Yeah. So, and who was, it, who was it that you had on that was talking about that? Dr. Robert Merrick from FLCC. Yeah. FLCC, yeah. yeah. Paul Merrick. Yes. I, I'm, I said Robert. I'm sorry. I was getting mixed up with Dr. Robert Abert, um, Abder because uh, we interviewed him at the same time with yeah. the FDA lawsuit. So, um, yeah, Paul Merrick. I'm sorry about that. Thanks for the correction. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crucial. Um, and I don't think that patients really understand the, the benefit of ketogenic diet. My favorite is is carnivore. I recommend it to all of my patients. <laughs> Love carnivore. And I think it's so healing when you pair it with intermittent fasting. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when we, Jen and I discuss the carnivore diet all the time and it's the most, if you focus on beef, it's the most anti-inflammatory diet no one That's is allergic it. to beef. Some That's people it. have problems with pork and chicken. No one has problems with beef. Um, and I mean, it's just loaded with nutrients. It's, it's uh, loaded with nutrients. And then you don't want to destroy um, absorption of those nutrients by having a big salad beforehand, a big spinach or kale salad, because there's anti-nutrients in those, in those vegetables. They block the absorption right. of the nutrients that you might get from your beef or your steak, your proteins. And, and it's amazing how, you know, and the animal cattle were designed to take those nutrients from, from vegetables, basically, and assimilate them into meat. And yeah. we get the benefit of all those nutrients just by eating beef. It's amazing. Yeah, and beef is uh, beef and lamb. They're the superior proteins because they have the ruminant stomachs and they detoxify as they as they move through those stomachs and so also something to sort of um keep in mind is that most animals are only um able to eat a very narrow spectrum of plants and we as humans should learn from that we we can't just eat everything you know plants are um they want to protect themselves and they exude toxins to to signal, don't eat me. And then humans just gobble them up and yeah. don't think about what's actually, you know, being produced by those plants. We've been told for our, our entire life to eat the skin of the potato, except that's, that's the most toxic part. It's trying to protect that potato. So we have been lied to, propagandized. I mean, we've been told for a hundred years from Popeye to eat our spinach and we don't really even um, understand that that has a lot of um, potentially toxic stuff in it. I know this is a, a difficult thing for people to wrap their mind around, but oxalates are not good for us. And the anti-nutrients and phytotoxins that are present in a lot of vegetables actually harm our health and it can be very inflammatory. And, and spinach doesn't really have that many nutrients in it. I mean, I um, yeah. concentration wise. I mean, I remember learning in school how spinach is high in iron. Seriously? Yeah. Compared to what? I mean, compare spinach to beef, it's it's not even close. Isn't it true? I'm like, what? High in iron? That is, eat your meat. <laughs> right, right. I mean, if you want to, and, and not only that, but the iron that's found in vegetables is not assimilated like it is already in red meat. I mean, right. why do you think red meat is red? 
And so it's really easy. There is not a better way to increase iron stores than eating red meat um, oh, other yeah. than IV, you know, infusion of iron, which I don't necessarily is, recommend except in extreme cases. But it's, if it's you have an inflammatory iron, itself to infuse that iron like that is an inflammatory event. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you have low iron, eat red meat. Exactly. Yeah. I had a I had a patient that I was seeing um, who that's what I recommended. Um and I said, this is the safest way. And she got really upset, her and her daughter, because they were demanding the iron infusion. And I'm like, but it's just not good for you. This is your path forward. And they got they got mad and, and left. And but you know, it's it's hard to for people to get away from interventions and healthcare, you know, pharmaceutical modalities. They just, it's almost like they worship that and they, that's what they want. They don't want to just think about it being um, that they're, that they're, what they need comes from their diet or comes from their lifestyle changes. They, they just don't want that. Well, there's, there's an investment that people have forgotten about healthcare is that it's not, it's over time and it's not instant. But, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, we live in a world that tries to give us instant gratification. And so mm -hmm. that's what people are seeking. And I think that was one of the things, too, that um, started clicking off for Sean and I when we started questioning things is that here we're giving people medication for something in a lifestyle, which you can change by what you put inside of your body and what you do on the outside as a, as a lifestyle versus investing dollars. And, yeah. you know, so I guess we have to look at it differently um, as how we are investing. You know, it's not like you, you, a pill to fix every ill is one of our friends, Robbie Ross uh, saying, and she's right there. You know, a lot of it comes from the habits we incorporate into our daily lives. And yeah. it's hard for people to grasp the fact that, you know, each, each small decision we make adds up over time. Uh, for, for sure. And because of all of the decisions that have gotten you to that point of sort of and wellness, it can be the same path or you can get your, your wellness back. Um, we're all about reversing at the wellness company. We're all about reversing chronic disease. This is what we want to do. We want patients to be independent of pharmaceuticals, right. de-prescribe them from pharmaceuticals. We've had success story after success story, amazing stories where patients come to us on multiple meds. Some of them are even psychiatric meds. And, you know, they are able to just get off of these medications and they have freedom. They never thought they were going to have freedom from pharmaceuticals. And a lot of times patients think that that's the normal part of aging. That they, right. as they get older, they just have to be on more meds. And for them to, they have to understand that that is not the way forward. That they don't have to be on meds when, as they age. That they can keep their health as they age. No, absolutely not. In fact, um, you'll age a lot better and probably longer if you're not on medication. I mean, seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, for example, before we started the show, we were talking about the toxicity of statins and how those cre those medicines, so many medicines, create chronic disease. They deplete you of nutrients. They actually worsen the disease. I mean, statins, we now know in cardiologists 
have tried to figure out how to explain that this is somehow good. Uh, we, we know that they increase cardiovascular calcification. They have worsening coronary calcium scores as the longer that they're on statins. And I truly believe it's because of their effect on K2, which K2 is essential in pulling calcium out of the bloodstream and even plaque and putting it into bone. And so when you affect that function, you're going to have worsening calcification. And now cardiologists are saying, well, that creates stability of plaque. Who wants to be calcified? Right. Who, no. That, no. that Everybody know that knows that means you're whole, you're old and and hardened. No. Nobody wants calcification, and so um, the the specialists I think are so entrenched in, with these pharmaceuticals and the and the paradigm of like LDL and saturated fat being bad that if they admit that statins are poison and LDL is really not the big bad thing we've been told then they're admitting that they have practiced wrong for decades and they, they can't do it. And so uh, if we want to help patients heal themselves, getting off of pharmaceuticals is number one. I have a big book that was sent me from another pharmacist that talks about each of the, of the pharmaceuticals. I printed it off from my clinic. I'm going to put them each in each of my exam rooms how each of the pharmaceuticals creates certain nutrient deficiencies Mm -hmm. and then other chronic health conditions. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I mean, just look at, just look at the last three years. Um, You know, pharmaceutical companies are are notorious. And and Jen, I didn't really maybe want to, we were blinded to it or didn't want to want to believe it but they literally create drugs. So later on you will need more drugs. Oh, for sure. I, I, I mean, it's that way with the vaccine. It's that way with the pharmaceutical. It's that way with other vaccines. They create chronic disease so that you are a lifelong customer. That's what they want. They don't, and they also don't want you to be strong, strong in your mind, strong in your body, because when you're weak, independent, you're not going to fight back. You're not going to have the ability to discern truth the same. So they don't want, they don't want strong, um, uh, healthy individuals. They want sick, dependent individuals. Um, so tell us a success, a success story, um, about a patient that you've, you know, deprescribed, changed their life, changed their life. Ah, I'd love to. So, in January, February, I had this cluster of patients that were all so similar. They were like 50 to 65 range men, overweight. I think a couple, it was just really interesting how they were all so similar. A couple of them were truck drivers, um, but almost all of them that were coming to me were on insulin. I think that you know, I've been, uh, it's gotten out that I can really help patients reverse their disease. And so I started having a bunch coming to me and I had a student with me at the time and she had, um, she was seeing, she was with me when I was seeing the follow-ups of all these patients. And when I first saw, you know, this cluster of patients, I would spend a, a lot of time telling them how insulin is super bad and we don't want them on insulin and I can get them off insulin, but they have to listen to me and they have to do what I say. 
And I tell them all to go on carnivore diet, meat, eggs, cheese, sour cream, yogurt, all of the cultured dairy products are okay. The sugar has been sort of eaten out by the bacteria, but I tell them to go on carnivore and, um, and do intermittent fasting. I had two of them come back, um, back to back one day and then the next, and they came back and they were off all their insulin. And both of them had been on about 50 to 70 units of long acting. One of them was on mealtime. They were off all their insulin within like six weeks. It was, it was amazing and dramatic. And even I was like, I, I trust what I have advised patients, but I've never seen it work so fast and so miraculous. And you know, what makes it work is when they do it, when right. they actually do it, you know, what the, the problem with patients is that they think, it's not gonna really matter if I eat this piece of bread. It's not gonna really matter if I, you know, eat the eat the potato and the rice and all that because, well, I'm doing better. But what what they don't know is whenever you're eating sugar and carbs, it just makes you continue to crave sugar and carbs, and it takes you out of ketosis. Ketosis is the state of healing. It's so good for you. So these patients are, are feeling so much better. They're so happy. They've lost weight off of insulin. Well, and, you know, prescribing insulin, putting, giving insulin to a type 2 diabetic, I, I've heard the analogy. This is not original to me, but it's like, it's like putting gasoline on a house fire. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I mean, seriously, how, how can we do that? Uh, I know. Oh, oh you're going to lower their glucose number. Who cares? There's a lot more going on than just glucose. Yeah. That's it. We, it. we know it. So Yeah, so they gain weight. It worsens the disease. We've been told, we were told in medical school, you've got to get the glucose at goal. Whatever it takes, you've right. got to get the glucose at goal. you got to have the A1C, you know, they keep dropping the numbers that get that mean that your A1C is controlled. It was nine and then eight, seven, whatever. And so we have been told you've got to get the glucose under control because that glucose is so bad, it's going to cause so much damage. But what patients don't understand is that when your body is having elevated glucose, it's because of insulin resistance. Right. Insulin is the key. It's the molecule that allows glucose to come into your cells. So your body wants to heal itself. It has its own mechanisms of healing. Whenever you have high blood sugar, it's because your body is saying, no, don't give me any more sugar. Your cells are rejecting that sugar. They're saying, we've got plenty. We've got plenty of energy. We want to burn through our stored energy and we don't want more. So when you override that mechanism, you're creating the more disease. Absolutely. And just look at just look at what we've done with those patients. We create more disease. And yeah. speaking of, you know, whatever it takes to get the glucose to goal, we were speaking a little bit about this before the show. Um, we got to lower that glucose number. I mean, drug companies are good at creating a lab that we can monitor, i.e. Yeah. glucose or i.e. cholesterol. Yeah. And let's find a drug that can lower it. So, That's right. And you create the disease when you create the guidelines and the numbers. Exactly. Like a good friend of ours says, he said, you know, big pharma created another BS diagnosis so we can give them a drug. I mean, yeah. think about it. IBS, 
IBS is a BS diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have IBS if we eat the wrong food, right? If we eat the wrong food, yeah. <laughs> right. And um, a reflux, reflux does not need a drug. You, you need to change your diet. But and, and look at what we did with glucose. Um, we have drugs now. If your glucose is too high, you're type 2 diabetic, let's give you a drug that helps pee out the glucose. And then we'll give you all kind of kidney problems and urinary problems. And I mean, Oh, I, des- I despise those SGLT2s. Um, you know, when I was relying more on pharmaceuticals, those SGLT2s that you, you, you uh, where you pee out the, the sugar, they create urinary tract infections, yeast infections, you're, you're getting all of that sugar so concentrated in the urine. I had never, I never liked those medications. No, but boy, your glucose is better. Woo. I mean, you know, so on type two diabetes, this is what I, this is what I say. And, you know, obviously I, I warn patients that if they're on a drug like insulin, that's going to um, cause hypoglycemia, they have to be careful. But if, cause I've even gotten into debates with pharmacists and doctors that say type two diabetes is not reversible. It's like, oh my gosh, right? And um, have have your patient fast for for twenty four to forty eight hours, and and as long as they're not on insulin or something that's going to give them hypoglycemia, see what happens to their glucose. And most of them say, well, their glucose is going to go down. Well, Exactly. exactly. That means it's a diet related disease. Yeah, it's a diet-related disease. I've been, I have patients that come to me and they're on um, pumps, type two diabetics on pumps, and it's tr- that. Yep. Oh, it kills me! You're just constantly exposing yourself to that insulin. It's this, this basal insulin, and then the, the boluses, and so, and also you never really know what your diet choices are doing. They're not paying attention anymore. They're not even noticing really if their if their insulin needs are going up because it's all managed by the pump. And so there's not really that understanding of what their diet is doing. And it it's really unfortunate. Um, insulin itself, man, it is it is such it's so toxic. I think it is is the main problem with long term effects of diabetes. Absolutely. And as you know, um, you know, some, some patients don't qualify as being diabetic and you can look at them and say, well, they're definitely insulin resistant. They're probably diabetic, but they're oh, yeah. metabolic. Yeah. But you check their insulin level, their insulin level sky high. Right. So if you want to really do patients favors, check fasting insulin. Um, Cause you'll catch diabetes much earlier than you would by checking glucose. You're so, you're so right. That is that is exactly right. And the and the um, and the fact that you have that elevated insulin is your body's way of saying, I don't want any more sugar. Patients need to realize that. I your your cells are rejecting that sugar, trying to heal yourself so that you yourself will excrete and get rid of that sugar and not bring it into the cell. Absolutely. I love what you're doing. We could chat forever about this subject. Uh, we're definitely on the same page, um, you know, making making people healthy and, and getting them off pharmaceuticals. And, you know, you're talking to two pharmacists that don't believe in pharmaceuticals to treat long term disease. And I believe that's a very powerful statement. And some people ask, it's like, well, you know, is that kind of contrary to what you guys learned? It might be, but we want to do what's best for the patient. And, yeah. and long term pharmaceuticals is usually not what's best for the patient. 
That, oh, absolutely, 100%. I think that the goal should be that everybody should be off of pharmaceuticals, no matter what they are. I truly believe there's hardly any disease out there, except for some serious genetic, like maybe inborn errors and metabolism, something like that, where diet is not going to fix the disease. It's going to fix autoimmune disease. It's going to fix um, chronic metabolic conditions. Um, another key player that I use in my clinic is food allergy panels, because I feel like it, it would be it's helpful to eliminate certain foods that are creating some allergic responses and inflammation in your system. So that's another key player to healing is to identify those things. Yeah, you got to know what is good and what isn't good for you. Or you can just eat beef. You can just eat beef. Yeah, there is a, a new documentary that I saw um, has come out. I've watched a few episodes. It's called Reverse. And it features like Dr. Ken Berry, Dr. Anthony Chafee, the big carnivore gurus. It's pretty good. Yeah. We uh, actually interviewed Sean Baker, um, Dr. Sean Baker, carnivore diet um, yeah. a few years ago. And when we were, when we were kind of first starting our podcast and it was a very, very, very good podcast. So he's, you know, he has thrived himself. He's made millions of patients thrive, thrive. Um, that's awesome. Let's we got it. We got a comment. This is a great podcast from Brittany. So much to take in, Sean. When you come to my office, you recommend a book about type two, about type one diabetes. What book was that? Um, Doctor Bernstein's book. Uh, let's see if I can find it really fast. Yeah, I've um, actually had success with my type ones as well. They've been able to dramatically reduce their insulin requirements when they just eat meat. You don't need the insulin. Eat meat, eggs, and cheese. Well, and that's one thing, you know, that's one thing. So um, the reason I know a little bit more about type 2 diabetes and Dr. Berenstein, actually, Brittany, I'm getting ready to uh, stream that uh, uh, book here. Dr. Berenstein, here it is right here. Right here, Dr. Berenstein's a complete guide to achieving normal glucose levels. Dr. Berenstein is actually, I think he's about, 90 years old he actually went to medical school himself when he was a type 1 diabetic when he was like 20 or 30 or something and he didn't like the way he was being he was being treated so he went to medical school and he was actually one of the first ones to be instrumental in self glucose monitoring back 60 years ago or whenever it first started uh -huh. you know doctors were like oh well we don't want patients you know monitoring their own glucose because they won't know how to interpret it and all that kind of stuff and um and Dr. Berenstein, even for type one diabetics, he started talking about, you know, what do we learn in pharmacy school or medical school, Dr. Gessling? We learned that, well, eat carbs and just turn your insulin up, even for type yeah. ones. And it's, it's like, insanity. That, that, doesn't, that, that, that doesn't make sense. It's so insane. Yeah. Right. So Dr. Berenstein actually has treated type one diabetics. Now he doesn't recommend it when they're kids because he says you need glu more glucose for brain development. And I get it. But he has type one diabetics that don't take insulin, um, you know, in because all they do is they eat they eat meat, meat, meat. <laughs> or yeah. fat. And yeah. actually, I have a my son or my I'm sorry, my brother's son, so my nephew, he's had type one diabetes for ten plus years now, and he monitors it based off Dr. Bernstein's um, book um, and treats it. And he uses guess how much insulin he uses a day, Dr. Gesling. Three units or zero. 12. 12. 
12. Now, imagine as he gets, you know, that, that was a few years ago when he was more active. Um, as he gets older, it might, it might be less than that. But, um, you know, talking about the insulin pumps for type 2 diabetics and, and continuous glucose monitors. And, and I've worn a continuous glucose monitor. I think that they're a good tool. But Dr. Berenstein's not a big fan of either one. And, and here's why is because I think some of these technologies that we've developed actually makes us tr- chase numbers. Chase numbers. Instead of, right. It's like, oh, my insulin's up I need, or my, my glucose up. I need more insulin. It's like, well, your insulin, your, your glucose wouldn't be up if you would eat right. Yeah. And so, right. you know, maybe use a continuous glucose monitor to find out what happens when you eat certain things or when you exercise and then just don't do those things. Or, yeah, or, or, you know, or it's be, the same way with like blood pressure. Some patients get obsessed with checking their blood pressure, and then it makes them nervous. And it, becomes, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Exactly. So, as we wind this podcast up, uh, Doctor Gesling, how would uh, what, what is your what is your passion? First of all, healing. I, I mean, really, it's healing, not prescribing, not managing chronic disease, but healing and reversing disease. I love that. I love that. So if anybody has any questions or wants to find out more about you, what's the best way to do that? Well, oh, yep. There's my clinic website and twc.health is where you find our, our company website. Awesome. Awesome. It's been great chatting with you today. Hang on um, after the show. And I want to chat with you for, for a few more minutes. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate you being on. Um, our goal is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And we have definitely realized that goal with you being on today. So I so appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. And thank you, listeners and viewers, for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune into our regular scheduled show, 1230 to 1.30 Pacific Standard Time, Monday. Not sure who our guest is, but it's going to be a good one. So thank you for tuning in. Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Mm-hmm.